In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly and Andrew Fiore. The time has come again. The champion must Everybody, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast and mine. This is the Cool Breeze, Andrew Fiore. I am here along with my Defend Your Movie podcasting partner. It's the Dutchie himself, Sean Donnelly. Everybody, hey there, everybody! Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dutch, aka Sean Donnelly. Dutch, which is the sign, the name Dutch by Andy. That's all I want. <laughs> it, uh, it fits so well. <laughs> Dutch works. Hey, I'll, t- I'll take an Ed O'Neill movie as my as my name. Uh, what's going on, Andrew? How is your quarantine going? The quarantine is going. Uh, it's going. Uh, you know, I live alone, and yeah. uh, I don't have a significant other, so we're getting a bit lonely over here. This might be time to get a dog. I was. I would absolutely get a dog if it weren't against the building rules. I can't have pets. Oh, I can't have a dog. And it's been driving me so crazy. I thinking I'm thinking about moving next year so I can get one. Oh, really? Yeah. Even after all this is done. After all this is done, because I came up in a dog family, always had pets. Dogs were a big part of our lives. My mom and dad are both big dog people, and yeah. that, they passed that along to me. And uh, I'm like you, man. I, I miss having a dog in my life. And uh, I've always wanted one. It's always been my dream to. Have, it's always been my dream to have two dogs, and I get them at the same time, and I name one Brody and one Hooper. <laughs> oh, perfect for the movie podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, do you want to do? You want to tell people what the topic is for the day? Have you first off? Have you watched anything during the like movie wise during the quarantine? I didn't pick up too many new movies since last week when we got together. I've been yeah. doing a lot of binging on TV shows. I binged Billions, uh, the new season of Ozark. I'm almost through. Um, so I, I haven't watched too many new movies. I have been watching a lot of older movies that I've already seen. And speaking of Ed O'Neill, I threw on Wayne's World Part 2 the other day. He's the bad guy, right? No, he plays the donut shop worker. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's kind of shell shocked from the war, yeah. And it's so perfectly funny. <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah, it makes you think how great of an actor he is in almost anything you throw him in. Well, that's the thing about it because I think. Do you think that Married with Children? Because he's been in movies here and there, but he gets like bit parts. He is a great actor. So, great. and he's kind of like an actor's actor. But like, do you think Married with Children? It was so low rent. Do you think that it kind of screwed up Ed O'Neill's career a little bit? I think you might be onto something there. Yeah. But if you go back and watch now, his act he's such a brilliant comedic actor. His reactions and his facial maneuvers, I mean, it's devilishly funny the way he pulled yeah. off that character. You mean in the, in the Married with Children? Yes. 
Yeah, no, he's awesome in it. But it's one of those things where I think when I was a kid, I just watched it. And granted, I was a kid when I was you're little and you're watching it. I was like, oh, he's just that guy. Like, right, I, right. Yeah, I, like, I, and he was so iconic as uh, Al Bundy. And it was such a big deal. And like, you know, people our age, it was such a big deal in school. Like, I, Married with Children, like, people watched, like, religiously. Yeah. So I think I just had in my head, like, oh, yeah, I only am going to think of him as Al Bundy. Sure. And you forget, that show lasted, I think, 13 seasons. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, they, yeah, it got, like, ridiculous after a while. Yeah. They had, like, a new kid. They added a kid to it. They added, like, a little kid to it. Yeah, seven. And the dog would talk. Did the dog always talk on that show? Yeah, Bud? Yeah. No, not Bud. Buck. Uh, Buck. Yeah, Buck. It's a, um, it's a funny show, but it was like, even when I was a kid, I was like, this is a low rent show. Like, this is like, it looks like they made this for like 20 bucks an episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, purposefully, though. But even if you go back and watch yeah. the early seasons, it's low rent. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I haven't watched, I've been watching TV stuff, so I'm still rewatching The Wire. Talk about great acting. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. you know. You're getting uh, it's it's and the wire is one of those things that they used uh, local Baltimore people. Yeah, um, like they like there's there's people in it that you're like the minute you hear a thick Baltimore accent you're like oh that guy's from there. It's right, like, right. Like there's a guy who plays I forget his character name, but it's the actual um, I think his real he's the actual guy based you know Jay Landsman the, uh, the 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 guy Delaney something plays him he's the big fat cop he's like the sergeant and he's always giving he's always breaking their balls I don't know if you remember the show but yeah uh, they yeah. were gonna have the actual guy play Jay Landsman but he but he had such I think he wasn't a good enough actor but they have him play uh, like a, a cop in later in later seasons they have him playing and the guy's got like an insane first off he's not a big fat guy he's just a regular sized guy. Right, and he's got like an insane, uh, insane Baltimore accent, like it's out of control. But when I went down to Magoobies, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the uh, on the show. I went to Magoobies and I was talking to one of the comics that lived there, and he's like, "When that show was going on, it employed the entire city, like it was like a huge production." Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I have. To, I want to watch 1917, but I haven't jumped into it yet. It's great, man. I think you'd like it a lot. Um, I'm going to watch that. I told you I watched Jojo Rabbit, but today we got a good topic. Uh, you want to tell people what today's topic is? Yeah. Before we get into that, though, I can't believe we never made this crossover. I was just thinking about how we're obviously both huge Seinfeld fans and talking about Married with Children. Do you remember the kid they brought on was named Seven? That's, oh, that's right. And that's obviously what George wants to name his kid. On Seinfeld, yeah, a, what the hell is that? To Mickey Mantle, we never put that together before. Oh my god! And he and, was called Seven because it was like in his orphanage or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And I, uh, that's I, so I, funny. Yeah, I can't believe we never put that together before. <laughs> so I wonder what year that was because that was probably when Seinfeld was going on. So it might have been they had the same gag. I'm um, willing to bet it was after Seinfeld. Oh, you think it was? Yeah. Because he was on later in the series, which, and I think the series went until around 97 or 98. Oh, it, it didn't really? I don't know, maybe. They might time up pretty perfectly on that it one. Started like, it started like 87, dude. Like, it started. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you're right, though. That would make it like, 
if it started like 86 or 87, 88, whatever it was, 10 years. Oh, yeah, you're right. It, go, it goes into like 2000. Yeah. That's crazy. But, um, uh, yeah, there we go. Seinfeld. I was watching, I sent you the clip the other day when, uh, when the one with the, with Kroger, where, where he, when he goes, he's trying to get a shot of a bare chested Kroger and Elaine yeah. Kruger and, he, uh, and Elaine is, uh, friends with, uh, the, the skin doctor and Dr. Pimple like, Popper MD. Yeah. He's like, so we get one of those screenings going. Kruger takes off his shirt. I got my, I got me a shot of a bare chested Kruger. And she goes, you got a little thing for this fella? <laughs> Dude, one of the most overlooked lines ever. She says it so softly. I died. I, I died and I taped it and I immediately sent it to you. Dude, she's got some gems. I saw the one last night, the backwards episode, uh, where um, they go to okay. India. Yeah. And it even, made me think. Is that part in that where she does the sign of the cross by accident and then scratches yeah, yeah. it out? Like- <laughs> My favorite line is her is she goes, you know uh, – in Indian, Jerry is named Jugdish, and then she gets really drunk. Yeah. And he, Jer- Jerry throws her out, and she opens up there. She goes, good night, Jugdish. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best things ever. It got me thinking, though. I wonder if somebody, somebody somewhere must have done this, where they cut together the episode in actual order from uh, start to must, finish. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube, I had to guess. Yeah. But uh, we got a great topic today. Maybe not a great topic. But a timely topic. We're keeping with the COVID-19 uh, theme here a little bit. Yeah. So we uh, decided, since we both live in New York City, um, and if the end times were actually to happen, what would be the best disaster movies? Uh, maybe typical to New York City, because New York does seem to take the brunt of a lot of the disaster films a lot. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, we can, you know, if you guys have any suggestions, reach out to a, a larger demographic of disaster film. There are a what? bunch of great ones out there, but we just, I focused on New York City when I was making my list today. I, uh, yeah, I think we can do all, I think we can do across the country. Like, this whole thing's affecting the whole country. But let's Absolutely. talk about this. Why, why do you think they, I think they focus on New York because of the amount of people. Amount of people and just such recognizable landmarks have to be fun to destroy in a uh, makeup world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's a lot of great, um, well, like uh, like end of the world movies. Like two of the Cloverfields, and those aren't New York. Well, one of them's New York. Well, the, yeah, Cloverfield was number one on my list. Actually, not number one, but it's it's the first one I thought of. I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cloverfield is because. Also, Cloverfield started a lot. First of all, it was made for, like, I think, like, no money. It was made for, like, it started the career oh, yeah. of Matt, Matt Reeves, who's the director. He does a bunch of big-budget movies now because of uh, Cloverfield. But it's also, the, it's like, it was, like, the first DIY, um, not DIY, what do they call it? A point of view one. Yeah, point of view. With, uh, T.J. Miller as the point of view. Yeah, exactly. The first point of view, like, after... Um, Blair Witch. Like, people talk about Blair Witch. and then, right. But I will say this. When I first saw Cloverfield in the theaters, and this never happens to me, it made me a little bit nauseous. I didn't get that, but upon repeated viewings, I do understand it. It doesn't bother me, but I totally get it. The great – it's such a great movie. It's a really great movie. And it, I it also – it's great because uh, – for a few reasons. And ones that pop into my brain are – 
the cast, you don't know who they are, so it makes it that much more realistic. Like, T.J. Miller was the most known person, and even people, I didn't, I barely knew who T.J. was when he did that movie. Yeah, yeah. I got Emily Kaplan. Um, oh, yeah, but she was, was she, she was still who, unknown. Yeah, she was still unknown. Uh, and then secondly, anytime you do a disaster movie, the key should be limited information. That's right. what makes things so terrifying. Because if you watch, that's another one. I could put this on the list, too. It's not New York, but Signs is one of my favorite movies. I love Signs. Right. I love Signs. But one of the reasons why it's so great is because it's super Hitchcockian in the way that you only get limited limited information. Like, when they, like you only see, you see the aliens at the end. But before that, like, there's, there's about 40 minutes of movie with no aliens. And well, I think the scariest point in that whole movie is the Brazil is when, you know, Vamino's children. Yeah. yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. The very first glimpse of the very first alien is the scariest part. Maybe the basement when they're down there and it's, you know, but that you know how uh, hard it is to make you jump. And that makes you jump. When I saw that in the theater, I hit the ceiling. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But, uh, well that's, that just always goes back to the jaws theory. It's the lesser you see, the more suspenseful and scarier it is. You know, yeah, Jaws, but, the Bruce shark is only on screen for a total of four minutes. And Jaws. part of that was because they kind of lucked out because they right. were doing more, but everybody, I think at this point, everybody knows like the shark failures. and yeah, yeah. So, but I think it also made people realize like, oh yeah. And that is, that's the Hitchcock rule too, almost like, yeah, the rear window. Yeah. Rear window. Oh my God. Rear window is my favorite, yeah. my favorite Hitchcock movie. And then right. I, I bought it on iTunes because of how, like, dude, this, this is how good hit rear window is. And if you haven't seen this movie, rear window, I watched it a long time ago with my grand, like my grandma. Like I had kind of a nostalgic thing with it where I watched it on her couch. I was like chilling out, you know, whatever. And, but I remember watching it the first time and it terrifying me. Like it being like really freaky and really suspenseful. And then I probably have seen it like once or once maybe since then. And then I bought it and rewatched it and it freaked me out just as much. Like it was really like getting to me. So do you realize how perfectly orchestrated, like, like when that's why people love Hitchcock so much, every morsel of every shot was deliberate with him. Every single, every single minute detail of what was going on. And you see that it like really helps because yeah. It makes, it may, obviously, there's a vision there, and 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 it r- really illustrates like the more care you put into something, the more like it has an emotional impact. Absolutely, and that was what I loved about before I even saw a uh, any sort of scene from Cloverfield. The trailer was what really hooked me. If you yeah. remember the trailer, it was just. I eerie. think what was the trailer? It was like we'll put, we'll post the trailer on the the uh, Defend Your Movie Twitter. But uh, you only heard uh, it was like a late dark shot of New York City streets and you kind of faintly heard the monster's noise in the background, which it had a really distinct like kind of uh, it almost sounded like a foghorn kind of noise. And you didn't see the monster at all. But then you just saw the head of the Statue of Liberty just kind of rolling down Broadway. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be good. It was just very simple, but it just built the suspense and I, I like the movie. A lot of people don't love Cloverfield because of what you yeah. said, but I think the movie uh, stands out aside from the, the jostling of the camera and the way it was shot. Same here. I still liked it and I got nauseous when I was watching it. And on top of that, they had, it was, I don't think it was the first one to have a viral marketing campaign, 
but it was definitely one of the ones that like worked really well for it. Cause I think they like, they were putting ads for like the Japanese company. Like right, I think right, the whole right. idea of it was that the whole idea of Cloverfield. And if you haven't seen it at this point, like here's like, maybe a spoiler. The whole idea they show you at the end is that something drops in the water and wakes up that monster. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. The satellite from that Japanese company falls from the sky and wakes up whatever, whatever Cloverfield is. Yeah. But then they ruin it because they have, because here's the thing. Honestly, the more we talk about, you want to talk about limited information, 10 Cloverfield Lane is probably, it's actually a better movie. Better movie. Better movie. The more I think about it now, I'm like, Cloverfield's great because it like started that universe. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, because also the cast, you know, amazing. Uh, Goodman, you can't fucking beat Goodman. Yep. And, uh, but also, once again, even more so, limited information. And, and also, the whole time, you're like, this guy's crazy. This is all made up. It's going to turn out to be made up. Even though you know it's a Cloverfield movie, you're like, oh, he's lying to them about part of this. Yeah. Whole. You still think he's making it up. And at the end, it's, it's shown to be, uh, you know, absolutely true. And it's supposed to be what's going on at the time. And then they kind of let you in on the third Cloverfield movie. God, what, what, a, what, a, what a disappointing fucking movie that was I, didn't see, I thought 10 Cloverfield Lane was the third no, I thought they had made one in between and then they made a shitty one no they made no they made uh, the first one 10 Cloverfield Lane years later yeah and then they made um, then they made the Cloverfield Paradox but yeah. here's the thing even with 10 Cloverfield Lane which I don't know if people everybody knows this they took an existing movie Cloverfield is straight up Cloverfield yeah, but afterwards, I think everybody did so well from Cloverfield, they couldn't go back and work on an actual organic follow-up. So they were taking existing movies that have been shot or like scripts that were about to be shot, and then adding the universe of Cloverfield to those movies. So Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think originally was a movie where it's just the thing that takes place in that basement apartment. And at the end, the original ending could have been that he was making it up and she just escapes and she gets out and that's the whole movie. Right. Well, what they did, what they realized was, and it paid off on that one, what they realized is that, uh, no, we can make this a Cloverfield movie and have it be as, uh, you know, very, very um, uh, suspenseful on, like, what information you're getting from it, you know? All right. And then the third one was Paradox, and that was the same thing where – it was kind of like this this shitty script. They were just like, "We're gonna make this," and then when they realized, what they when they when they told you what the fucking reveal is on why these monsters. Do you remember what it is? No, I never saw Paradox. Oh, uh, I don't know if I should tell you or not. <laughs> I'm not it, gonna watch it. But. It's you know, it's it's basically the thing is that like the th- all right. So what happens up in space? is this basically this rip in the space-time continuum happens that opens up the gateway for these Cloverfield monsters, these alien... Party of reach. Oh, my God. To go basically in any fucking human timeline they want. So, <laughs> so, so it's, they can just show up wherever in human history, and it's all because of what happened on this ship. And the Why didn't the Cloverfield happened- monsters kill baby Hitler? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but the first two are fantastic. The third one kind of ruins the lore and ruins the, the whole setup, man. It's like gotcha. really... yeah. 
And then you get to the point where it's just a shitty because they're like, oh, we want to get these out, but we don't have the time to like make an actual original idea for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, Fields. They're good disaster movies uh, or, or end of the world movies, whatever you want to call it, because that's what we're living in right now is the end of the world. <laughs> and um, But I think the big one, which is high on my list, even though it has a cheese ball factor, it's literally Armageddon. Armageddon's a great one, and I'll go to say that I'll say that I love Armageddon. I don't. I don't care. It's a good movie, man. Armageddon. Okay, it's it is a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's, it's super Michael Bay. It's so Michael Bay. It's insane. it's very Michael Bay, but it's almost got it's got got that Ocean's Eleven feel of disaster movies, where you've got a great yeah. ensemble cast, you've got a mission that they've got to get done, and it, you're racing against time. It's just a fun movie. Uh, Michael Bay has made a lot worse movies. And yes, he has. Transformers. We can just say it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't watch the Transformers. I saw the, 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 the Bumblebee one, but I, won't, I watched the first one and that was it. I fucking can't stand it. Every I think there's a few, there's a little bit of corniness in Armageddon, but dude, I'll be goddamned if you don't fucking tear up every time Bruce Willis goes down. No, that's tough. That's and tough. when he's talking with Liv Tyler at the end, I mean, if you got you're dead inside if you don't cry over that. Oh, here, but the cheesiest part in Armageddon is when he's taking the animal cracker, and they're like, they're like in this, per- they're in like this field with a perfect sunset, and he's doing like a, a nature show narration, oh, yeah. and he's like the gazelle run. I'm like, it's a part you love to hit. You're like, oh shut up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck, you no, fucking yeah, annoying. that does give me the douche chills. Well, uh, I'll give you kind of another one which doesn't really deal with New York City on a whole, but and it's kind of uh, not – well, it's not actually as corny at all, but it's Independence Day. Oh, no, Independence Day is pretty fun straight up. I, yeah. a, lot of people lo- a lot of people love the Bill Pullman speech. You love it, don't you? I love Bill Pullman. Yeah, you're a huge Pullman fan. You're a Pullmaniac. I'm a Pullmaniac, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> for all you pool maniacs out there, let's talk about uh, Independence Day. Well, <laughs> the, other thing, the thing about Independence Day is that it was the, the it, it, like, name something else done like that. Like, it, it's like War of the Worlds, but done correctly. You know, like, even better than when they actually made War of the Worlds. Like, Independence Day is way more fun. Way more oh, fun yeah, of a movie. Totally. And it's like you're talking like peak Will Smith era. Uh, you got Jeff Goldblum in there. You got uh, Judd Hirsch playing a, playing probably like a character that's like 20 years older than he actually was at the time. I think. <laughs> right, right, you know right. What I'm but but overall, like it's a it's it's. Uh, I think who was the the director was Roland? Is it Roland Emmerich? Uh, geez, really he was my... Yeah, see if I'm right on that. Um, it because because it, it, it's a very when you, you watch right. it now, am I right? Okay, it's a very. Oh my god! Um, it made eight hundred and seventeen million at the box office. Did it well worldwide? Yeah, that's nineteen ninety six dollars. Holy shit! See, that movie is huge, man. That's what people aren't paying attention to anymore. Is these like is that you need like a good hook on these? Is that that's why when they did the the sequel to the Independence Day. Like resurgence, I haven't. I still haven't seen it to this day. I heard how shitty it was. Talk Same. about a missed opportunity to make. All you gotta do is remake the first one with better effects. Yeah, yeah. Make it Will Smith 
son and Bill Pullman's son or right. daughter. And they're fucking, they're, and they're pilots. And they part to it. the same exact thing. Yeah, just revamp the whole thing. Who cares? <laughs> but, but they, uh, they, made it, they made it so much worse. I watched clips of it. And I'm like, this is so boring. Yeah. Stands up over time, though. Maybe the only thing that doesn't hold up is the uh, computer virus that they give the aliens. We could probably get a little more technologically advanced yeah. than that now. Yeah. How would they, how would they change it now? Yeah, they, they'd be like, oh, we, we sent them an app that has like... A, yeah. A- <laughs> now the aliens are just like, uh, yeah, we got, uh, uh, we got a firewall up now. We're yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Too many people know about computers. They'll be like, yeah, it's called malware. We already know what it is. Like, we're not... <laughs> we don't need to like... You don't need, you can take virus. Like, we know what malware is. We know how to get rid of it. And also, everything's Mac now. So if the, if the aliens have Macintosh, they have no viruses. <laughs> right. They're like, yeah, we got Norton antivirus, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. We'll just kill you guys. Uh, what do you got next on your list? Well, I just kind of was doing it off the top of my head. Oh, all right. Sir. Well, here's the one that fits in. Here's one that fits into what we're, about what's going on now is a, it's a disaster movie. Contagion is definitely a disaster movie. Sure. And it's like a really, it's Soderbergh. It's a really well done disaster movie. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like very true to life. It's, uh, you know, great acting. It, uh, you got Maddie Damon in there. It makes, by the end big of the cast. movie, it makes Gwyneth Paltrow a film. What? Big, big cast. Big cast. And, and if you have, you have a movie that's making Gwyneth Paltrow a villain by the, by the end of it, that's pretty interesting. I would refuse to watch it in this current state. It'll Hello? freak me out too much. Basically, what I was going to say is that uh, the funny thing is, I was just we were just talking about, or I was just mentioning how, you know, in ninety, it's funny how times change because in ninety five, like an alien invasion could get people to go to the movies, and then now you need to do like real life stuff, which is like Contagion or like where people are, are like, uh, it's like espionage type things. That's where people are like, like it, it, it's way less innocent time. People used to be like. Oh, we're scared of aliens. And now they're like, oh, no, we're worried about this literal virus that's coming. I would love an alien attack. Oh, my God. It'd be great. Well, yeah, I know you. Uh, Well, speaking of kind of the paranormal, I have two kind of fun ones on my list that might not necessarily be disaster movies. But it's Ghostbusters Part One and Two, baby. Who are you gonna call? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely New. That's a great New York movies. Uh, I'm of the thought process that Ghostbusters Two is amazing. I think it's great. Ghostbusters Two is great and kind of a little more topical because the the ooze actually takes over the city and kind of creates all the you know the negativity and the fighting between all the the New Yorkers. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. part one, they're just kind of fighting ghosts. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters one and two. Uh, I I never wa- I didn't watch the the female reboot of Ghostbusters, but I would check it out. But I heard it's not even that funny. Don't bother. Um, and the new one, I forget what it's called, but it doesn't take place take place in New York. It's uh, it's looks like Stranger great. Things, but the Ghostbusters. The trailer it, the, looks the trailer, great. Yeah, the trailer looks great. But they're pushing it back to 2021. Yeah. Um, so we all know them. We all know Ghostbusters. We all love them from our childhood. But, yeah, those are two kind of fun ones. I always thought one of the greatest things in part two was that they used the uh, Super Nintendo controller to maneuver the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it was the NES Max. I had it. Yeah. I, I used to love that. Damage. 
No, NES Advantage. That's what yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like there was the one that was like a. It was set up like a um, like an arcade. Uh, like if you were an actual arcade. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I, it's pretty funny. And they just attached it to control the Statue of Liberty, right? Yeah. Here's a great one. I'll tell you this one. How about Escape from New York with old Snake Plissken? You know, I've never seen it. Oh, really? Have you seen Escape from L.A.? Nope, neither. Not, both... I've never gone into John Carpenter movies. Yeah, I hear you. Um, they're great. I, mean, I, pur- I, just, I didn't purposely do it. I just never watched any. Kurt Russell really just sells them. It's kind of that, like, they're bad, but they're good movies in a way. It's like, kind of like Machete, you know? Uh, you just you just love this oh, yeah. insane character. Yeah, actually, exploitation, where they're purposely kind of bad. Exactly. But in doing that, if you do it correctly, they come out really great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those but movies come are out, great. Um, and then one I really have, uh, which is, I mean, it was, how did it? Sounds wrong to call it ahead of its time, but uh, one of the more scarier ones, not a scary movie, scary in the fact that it kind of came true, was The Siege. Oh, yeah. Well, The Siege, yeah, it was like, what, you mean like terrorist plot type stuff? Well, it's not a disaster movie per se. I mean, they were, it was made before 9-11, but because of the uh, sleeper cell activity that the city goes into martial law and it goes on lockdown. So the streets are bare. Nobody can go outside. And it was eerily reminiscent of what's going on right now. And unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the stuff in the siege came true at 9-11. And it was eerie to go back and watch and see how accurate a lot of that stuff was before it was ever really a concern in our everyday life, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, the siege is pretty freaky. Uh, and also, I was just thinking, I'm like, what do you think it would take now for like New York City to go into martial law? You'd have to have like, but the thing is, is I don't know if we can. It had to be a shortage on something where people go crazy. It'd be like a food shortage where nobody's even coming into New York City. Yeah, I think some, if we don't get a handle on something like this, it could happen, which is scary. Yeah, but I think I don't that, think it will. Uh, but I do think this is something that would. People are staying away from each other enough where it's like. I, you walk outside, you, don't, you, you see people, but nobody's going near each other. Yeah. I haven't seen anything, anything crazy happen. I, I like it, it, Well, the more desperate people get like out of work and stuff like that, the more you'll see some stuff. Dude, I went to uh, drop off my rent check earlier today, and I walked outside just to get outside. I took a lap around the block, and I was about 50 feet, maybe not that far, maybe 20 feet away from a guy. I heard him cough. I crossed the goddamn street. <laughs> I wasn't taking yeah. any chances, dude. That's just gonna happen from now yeah. on. It's just gonna be uh, the 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 new normal. Will be like people will be freaked out if somebody's a little bit sick. I, I I'm excited. For, I want to get to the point where it's like the news isn't talking about it because that'll make that'll actually make people like forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know hopefully, I mean? uh, it ends. Uh, but you have any on your list? Yeah, those are all pretty much the ones I thought yeah. of. Like I said, we just kind of decided to do this uh, about a half hour ago. We figured we've got the time now, so should we tell – we're going to try and knock two out a week. Uh, we know we're in kind of a little bit of a uh, holding pattern there for a while, and we're still waiting until all this is finally over. We've got some new things in store for the pod, but uh, now that we have the time, we're going to maybe try and put out one maybe like on Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll keep the Friday 
uh, every Friday we'll have a new release, but maybe we'll have like a, just a, a fun one on like a Tuesday. So something you guys can uh, listen to while yeah. you have time You're as well. Surprise you know? episode. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as always, just uh, tell us what you, your favorite disaster movies are. The end of the world movies. Uh, I know it's not the funnest topic to talk about right now, but that's what movies are for. They make you feel better and they make you deal with uh, unpleasant things like this, you know? And next next uh, episode that comes out comes out Friday. We're not doing we're not doing anything related to to, to Corona, so don't worry about. it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a lighthearted app. Lighthearted app. Uh, it'll get your mind off of it. Uh, do this though. Rate and review the podcast because uh, it really helps us out. Like we said, there's a ton of stuff going on with the show that we're excited about. We have a new idea that we're hoping will really be fun. Uh, for the guests to do that we, we were hoping you guys will like, and we'll talk about that uh, next episode. Um, but rate and review the show on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Share, retweet what we ever retweet. We'll, we'll tweet back at you. Like we'll tweet oh, from yeah. the account or me. Tweet at me and Andy. Uh, Andy, what's your, your Twitter? It's just at Andy Fiore, A-N-D-Y-F-I-O-R-I. You can also follow me there on Instagram and at my website, .com. Yep, and I'm at Shawnee Time. That's S E A N Y T I M E, and I'm on I'm that on Instagram and Twitter. That's my name. So uh, yeah, like let's stay in touch. Like guys, let us know uh, like what what movies you think we should do. We're going back to the regular format starting Friday, so uh, there'll be a defender a movie being defended. Um, uh, let us know what guests you might want. Let us know. Just just give us input about the show, and we'll 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 write you right back, and we'll be involved. There'll be two episodes a week going forward, and we're really excited about it. And once we once we get everything else locked down, the Corona kind of screwed up our plans as far as the big announcement for the show. But we will be telling you what's going on. It's only good stuff. We're only going to keep going. Uh, yeah, let us know. And 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 that's about it, right, Andy? That's it, baby. You got it, Dutchie. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, well, this will come out, I guess, tomorrow, right? Well, it depends on when we want to uh, release it. Yeah, we can put this out on Thursday, and then we'll get one out on Friday. Or we can save this for next Tuesday, and then this will sound like everything in reverse. Just like <laughs> Memento. Let's put it out tomorrow for him. We'll, we'll do a little back-to-back action. All right, cool. We'll do a back-to-backer, and then we'll, we'll go to the Tuesday-Friday format starting next week. How's that? Absolutely. That sounds good to me. Um, all right, cool. We'll see you guys. Uh, cool breeze. We'll see you guys on Friday. We'll see the, we'll see the cool breeze on Friday. Uh, all right, guys. I'll talk to you guys in a bit. Bye-bye.